Let me bring in my wife who's trying to scissor. It's or called floss. flossing. Scissoring is like what two lesbians do, right? <laughs> <laughs> I am trying to scissor myself. Hello, and welcome to F Yeah Disney. We're your hosts, Julie and Jason. And we are here to give you an unfiltered view of all things Disney. We'll be covering events, news, history, food, and so much more. So strap on your ears, grab a churro, and enjoy today's episode of F, F Yeah, yeah Disney. Disney. Hello, and welcome to FBI Disney, episode 28. How the hell you doing today? Since this is our first episode of 2021, Happy New Year! How about that, babe? Happy New Year. Happy anniversary! What, what? Yeah, happy anniversary. Yeah, our our one-year anniversary was on uh, New Year's Day. Slash New At Year's midnight. Eve. Yeah. I made caviar and a super fancy charcuterie board. That was amazing. Yeah. Whatever she just said. But we do apologize for the lack of episodes. Julie's been up to her elbows in training for a new position working from home, and I've been busy melting the days away, both at the home studio and over at the mouse house. This week, we're going to be bringing you up to speed with the current events and news, plus our feelings about how season two of The Mandalorian ended and the newest limited Marvel series, WandaVision, is going. But first, let me bring in my wife who's trying to scissor... It's or called floss. flossing. Scissoring is like what two lesbians do, right? <laughs> <laughs> I am trying to scissor myself. But uh, yeah, my wonderful, beautiful wife, co-host, uh, <laughs> Miss Julie Murphy. How are you, babe? I changed my name to a long, unpronounceable name. You better use it. Hey, I go by Jason Michael in the, the glass world. so I guess technically that is my middle name now. So Exactly. But it would be Jay Murphy. Jay Murphy. Word. But don't call your wife Jay Murphy. No, I just call you dude. (laughs) (laughs) All down. (laughs) So welcome back to the show, Julie. It's been like a hundred years since we recorded last, huh? More like a thousand years. Yeah. It's like, it seems like every time we say, we're going to record tonight, we're going to record tonight, we're going to record tonight. We're like, we'll do it tomorrow. We went to Hollywood (laughs) Studios yesterday. We were going to record in the park and my freaking phone battery got low. We brought a... We got a had a portable charger and stuff, and we were too busy worrying about keeping it charged to, to play some stupid fucking games that we have on our phone <laughs> instead of recording an episode. So oh. here we are, day after going oh. to Hollywood Studios. The Princess Bride event started already. Oh, how about that? So, anyways, what you drinking on, babe? <laughs> you started a thought about. So we're one day out of Hollywood Studios, and then I interrupted you, and you finished your thought. That was my thought. That was your thought. Okay. So. If you can't already tell, I started this show off with a buzz, so we shall see. I mean, I only have one more drink, so it probably won't progress too much, but I might be stealing Jason's second. He has to work tomorrow. I'm just... You're not stealing my second. 
Yeah, okay. So let me tell you about this beer <laughs> so you can understand Good this Lord rambling. have mercy. <sighs> so it is one of our favorite beers. It is Orange Blossom Brewing. Made it, born in Florida. And it is the Orange Blossom Pilsner, I think is what it's called. Yep. But this is the Orange Blossom Pilsner Squared. So, the other one has 5.5% alcohol by volume. This one has 11%. Mm-hmm. And I'm one and a sip deep. And a lightweight. Hey. And a yeah. cheap date. Did you just call me a cheap date? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I just want to say, I may not drink a lot on dates. What I don't spend on drinks, I make up for. And merchandise. <laughs> with food. Yes, no, that I'm too. about dinner. Well, I'm just talking about if we go to Disney and you get two shitties here soon and all of a sudden you come out with like four bags $200 of shit. $200 worth, worth that we have to carry around. For a uh, I mean, that's Jesus. on you. You knew how many drinks I had had at oh, that it's a lesson you're learned. like, sure, I'm going to the restroom. Have fun. Hey, this marriage is only a year <laughs> long, so I'm learning as we go, baby. <laughs> a year old, not a year long. A year long. That feels a like. A year long is like, and that's how long it was. And now it's over. And it was 2020. <laughs> If we could survive that, we could survive <laughs> one anything. One long year, not one year long. There you go. <laughs> yeah, there you go. How about that? That's why I said if we can make it through a fucking pandemic in our first year of marriage. Yeah, we're golden. We can get through anything. So yeah, this beer is interesting. I, at first, was a little off, uh, put off, I should say, by the, its uh, note on the tongue afterwards. It had a really kind of it's like finish, a... finish, if you will. Yeah, like a high-pitched, almost kind of like honey very, sweet. Like, yeah. Citrus, yeah. Yeah, it was like got me right in the freaking ding dong. Oh, it was my my first sip too. It was like my titties were like. Dee, 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 dee. <laughs> oh my god! Hey, you talked about your hey, ball, welcome back so. to our show, guys. <laughs> <laughs> so, <laughs> pew 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 pew. Man. <laughs> so yeah, so it's a good beer. They're actually a local uh, Florida brewery. They uh, started off back in the day as a. Uh, produce place that then grew into a winery and then they started making beers as the craft beer industry started growing and st pete florida has a <laughs> has a really big industry in terms of uh localized craft beers what are you laughing about uh, so i'm looking at where this brewing company is on the the can it's really tiny um and there's condensation on it but i'm trying to figure it out and i'm like guadalajara florida and then I like get close enough, my eyes focus, and it's Orlando, Florida. There you go. I 11% think... alcohol, ladies and gentlemen. So, yeah, it's good beer. <laughs> Jesus doesn't know what to do uh, with me right now. So, yeah, so this drink's pretty good. I think I would have it again. Um, I definitely recommend having a, a snack or something with it, possibly. And I, I apologize if you cannot understand a single word that I say during this podcast because oh. I already feel like I am slurring. This is going to be a fun one. Not slathering. Yeah, not slathering. <laughs> <laughs> Let me start that over. Besides the who's it's and what's it's galore, we are going Should to I share... Should it for you? The who's it's and what's it's galore. I got a feeling there's going to be more of that later on. But besides that, we're going to be sharing our experiences visiting the 5th Annual Epcot Festival of the Arts, talk about some of Disney's happenings when it comes to COVID protocols with the vaccine rollouts, and some ways you can add a little Disney magic while celebrating Valentine's Day at home in our To Infinity and Your Mom segment. Or if you get to go to the parks. Yes. 
And then Julie is going to dive into what she feels may be one of the most delicious whimsical treats to ever tap dance on her taste buds in our last segment. What the Forky Foods? But before we get into all that, let's take a trip down memory lane as we cover this day in Disney history. If you had it to do over again, would you do any part of it differently? Well, if I had it to do over again, uh, I think, uh, no, I don't think I would. (laughs) All right, now it's time for us to get into this week in Disney history, spanning from February 7th through the 13th. February 7th, 2010. At Super Bowl 44, New Orleans Saints quarterback Drew Brees shouts, I'm going to Disney World, following his team's 31-17 win over the Indianapolis Colts in South Florida, a.k.a. Miami. And uh, that being said, congratulations to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers for being this year's Super Bowl champions. Which yeah, were, Tom uh, Brady. Woo-woo. Yeah. Thank, thank God we got Tom Brady on the team this year. It was, it was completely surreal having him, but it was pretty cool stuff. So with that being said, uh, also just on I'm a so s- glad that he got to prove himself outside of the Patriots organization. Yes. He truly is the GOAT, and I'm glad that he got to prove it. Yes, he's t- very talented. Uh, but that being said, also uh, Gronk was over at the Magic Kingdom this week. Uh, Disney he was said in all the parks. No parades. He probably was, yeah, I'm sure. Well, I have pictures of him in Hollywood Studios with a lightsaber. Oh, nice. You don't Battling actually... a child less than six feet away. <clears throat> what a dick. It might have been a son. I don't know if he has children. Anyway. I don't know. Yeah, but uh, he was in town, and Disney said first there was going to be no parades. And then, of course, all these crazy people showed up expecting there to be some kind of something because Disney... Like just a surprise well, it's that just like Disney on, wasn't talking about. Well, it was just like New Year's Eve. People hung out at the hub thinking, like, all of a sudden, Disney's going to spring up this all last-minute New Year's Eve yeah. And it's one of those things that if they had announced something, it probably wouldn't have been as much of a clusterfuck yeah. <laughs> as it was all of the people waiting all day yeah. for the cavalcade to come through. But I think on that same note of, with the New Year's Eve thing, because there was probably, like, maybe 100 people there, whatever the news said that there was, waiting for the New Year's Eve thing. It would have probably been pretty cool to be a f- part of a select of small group of like people like just counting down, you know, and if nothing goes off, well, we have our own little... That wee. small group of 100 people? Yeah, exactly. No, but it would be cool because normally it's thousands and thousands and thousands, and that's why we did not get married. Usually it's like 35,000 or more. You know, it's crazy. So... A uh, little fun side note on this whole I'm going to Disney World from uh, as a tradition now, as a marketing tradition campaign type thing from Disney. Uh, according to ClickOrlando.com, I found a little article, uh, said it all began at a dinner in 1987 with the former Disney CEO, Michael Eisner, his wife, Jane, and the first people to fly around the world without stopping, Dick Rutan and Gina Yeager. Michael Eisner asked Rutan and Yeager which I guess is how you pronounce their last names. Uh, well, now that you've accomplished this pinnacle of your aspirations, what could you possibly do next? To which Rutan jokingly replied, I'm going to Disneyland. Gene Eisner paused and said, you know, that's a good slogan. An idea was born, a strategy was put in place, and Disney targeted both quarterbacks of each Super Bowl team. They informed them that they would give the winning quarterback $75,000 to say, I'm going to Disneyland, as he walked off the field after the game. Phil Simms, the winning quarterback of the New York Giants, said the phrase, I'm going to Disney World after his 1987 Super Bowl victory. And the rest is history. All right, so let's talk about that for a quick second. If you, our listeners, <laughs> were given $75,000 to visit Disney World for a day, how would you spend that money? $75,000 
at Disney World. So all four parks, Disney Springs, wherever you want to go. Not to mention your trip's already paid for. And you get like VIP backstage access to everything. What would you do in 24 hours? You wouldn't let's, just, let's just hypothetically be- pretend that everything is not included. I guarantee it's all included. I, I, I know. I know. But I'm saying hypothetically, right. if that's not You're included. Just because the these people are just getting $75,000 cash. Right. They're not also famous athletes. Okay. Mm-hmm. So, your flight's taken care of. You're in Orlando. You can spend $75,000 at all of Disney. But it can only be spent at Disney. What hotel are you staying in? What restaurants are you booking food at? Doesn't matter if they're closed right now because of COVID. What would you spend $75,000 on? Let us know. Send us a comment in the DMs. Shoot us an email. We are going to share all these. But yeah, so let us know and we're going to share them all on air. There will be a post about this. I'm excited. I'm excited about this. I want to know. And on our next episode, we will share how we would spend $75,000 in Disney in 24 hours. Yes, and we'll put it on our Instagram. We'll make a little post too to see... uh so you can give us your information. What yes. you do. And you can find us on Instagram at FIA underscore Disney. February 8th, 2001. Disney's second Anaheim Park and the eighth theme park in the world. Disney's California Adventure Park officially opens along with its new Grand Californian Hotel. I seriously can't believe it has. Like it's only been, what, 17 years? It feels like. 17 years. What do you mean? The park's been open. No, 20 years now, dude. 20. Sorry. I knew it was... So- sorry. <laughs> I, one, I'm not listening to you. I'm trying to remember the article I 2001, read. 2001. They just celebrated the 20th. 20th. Okay. I remember because I was like, oh, I remember when Amy and I started One Little Spice. It was the year that Animal Kingdom celebrated their 20th. That was the thought process. Yeah. Sorry, I said 17. Anyway. It's okay. We're recording this also on uh, February 10th, 2021. Um, Wait. Hold on. Yeah, I can't believe it's only been open for... 20 years it's crazy it's like i it feels like it's been there forever it does well dca is the centerpiece of a 1.4 billion dollar expansion of what is now called disneyland resort california adventure is divided into three main theme parks paradise pier and nostalgic california beachfront amusement section hollywood pictures backlot a district inspired by hollywood boulevard and the movies and the golden state a more sprawling area devoted to the people natural beauty and industries of california By 2010, the park will be simply known as Disney's California Adventure. The Grand Floridian, a craftsman-style hotel resembling a luxury lodge at a western national park, has 751 rooms. The hotel sits at the edge of the new park and shares its theme celebrating the Golden State. It's beautiful. Yeah, I would love love to stay there. It's so grandiose. It's gorgeous. And in uh, one of our upcoming talks, we will be mentioning some things going on at uh, California Adventure. February 9th, 2006, the Walt Disney Company reacquires the rights to Oswald the Lucky Rabbit. Back from NBC Universal, along with sports considerations for ESPN, the rights are obtained as a part of a transaction permitting football play-by-play analyst Al Michaels to contract with NBC. Probably one of the greatest trades in football ever. Really? Al Michaels for Oswald. Uh, yeah, because Walt got Oswald back. Oh, he got Oswald back. Oh, so I was picturing the movie, the movie, the uh, short that we saw yesterday, One Man's Dream, and all I could think of was him losing Oswald. So right, that's, and, and that's he lost it I to know. NBC Universal. I know, but that's how previous I, was, company for I them. wasn't paying attention to the whole thing. But when you were talking about him trading it, yeah. the best trade, I got really sad, but he was getting it back. Okay. And Al Michaels was on Monday Night Football on ABC, on ESPN. And they traded him to NBC, which is owned by Universal. And Disney got Oswald. 
And Oswald is the main attraction over in uh, California, where he has really no voice here in our area at all. Where does Oswald have this presence in Disneyland? He had a meet and greet for a while. Back in the day. Yeah. I, even up to, I think, like two years ago. So, uh, February 10th, 1951. I don't usually do births or deaths, but I thought this one was quite important. We did do one of Walt's, though, didn't we? Yeah, of course. February 10th, 1951. Robert A. Iger is born on Long Island, New York. After finishing his undergraduate studies at Ithaca College, Iger began his career in entertainment media at the American Broadcasting Company, where he worked from 1974 to 1999. On February 25th, 1999, Disney named Iger president of Walt Disney International. In 2005, he was named the president and CEO of Walt Disney Company, becoming the sixth CEO in Disney history. I would just like to take a moment to say thank you to Bob Iger's parents. You guys did something right raising that one. Thank you. Yes, absolutely. And as we all know, or hopefully you know, and if you don't, uh, Bob Iger is no longer the CEO. He stepped down last year and uh, passed it over to Bob... Uh, Chapek. Chapek, yeah, thank you. I almost said Bob Seifert. I'm like, what the hell? He passed it on to Bob Chapek and now sits on the board still as an overseer of all things. He's kind of like the Disney overlord. February 11th, 2011. Mickey's Toontown Fair at Walt Disney World, a section of the Magic Kingdom that started as Mickey's Birthday Land and eventually became Mickey's Star Land and then turned into Mickey's Toontown Fair, shuts its gates for good at the end of this day. The area is needed for the ongoing Fantasyland. The area the area is needed for the ongoing new Fantasyland expansion project. The Barnstormer attraction is scheduled to remain, but with a new name and theming. But the rest of Toontown will fade into Disney history. So the first year that I went to Disney. That all still existed. Yeah. The next time I went to Disney, it was all gone. And honestly, I was like, please tell me that this existed. And um, I'm not just making this stuff up because I remember Dumbo being right behind the carousel and the Barnstormer being in a completely different spot. And there was no circus. <laughs> but The Barnstormer never moved. It just seemed like it did because of the way that well, things got moved around. Well, it used to be like Toontown, and now it's like the circus, right, and right. Dumbo's there. And I don't know what used to be before the dur- Barnstormer. Nothing. It, it was the same roller coaster. It was just a different name. It was still Goofy-themed. The Barnstormer, when I wrote it, before it moved, mm-hmm. was the Barnstormer. Right. That's not where it was. It just didn't have the... Cu- it's, it was in the same exact place. I, I, I'm doing... So, that being said, I'm doing the video... I've been working on it for like a year now on this whole thing. And yeah, it was just called something different, but it was always there. And then they put the train station stop in there when the circus thing got put in. And then they put the tent up. So they changed the name of this, the theme of the ride to go along with the tent because it was the great Goofini who became a meet and greet inside the tent there inside Toontown. And the one of my favorite things with Toontown, or not really Toontown anymore, but Casey's, uh, whatever the hell it's called over there, it's Casey's, Casey Jr.'s some kind of gimmick. But if you look at the ground when you're walking around that area, you'll see all kind of fun animal footprints, something Julia had never seen before until I took her back there and was like, hey, look at the ground. And there's peanuts in the concrete, elephants' feet, and all kind of different hooves and stuff. The and only then, time Amy and I went over there was during the not-so-scary Halloween party, and it was dark, and I couldn't see the ground. Yeah. Well, if you go a little bit further down in front of closer to the aerial meet-and-greet, not in front of her ride, but in the aerial meet-and-greet, uh, there's a backstage... A kind of gate just to the right of that attraction 
And if you notice, there's uh, hoof prints and tracks in the like from wheels from like a, a hearse carriage being you know pulled by ghost horses. They go from that area all the way into uh, Fantasyland and into the Haunted Mansion. Mm-hmm. When are we going to the Magic Kingdom again? I don't know. Hopefully soon. And on February 12th, 2011, Meet Mickey's House and Meet Mickey, a walkthrough and meet and greet attraction at Mickey's Toontown Fair, closes. Also closing at Magic Kingdom is bar- the Barnstormer at Goofy's Wiseacre Farm. A junior roller coaster operating since 1996. Guests boarded one of two trains, which each sat 16 riders. And that became Goofy's Barnstormer. Because Goofy had a farm there. I really need to see pictures because I can't picture it. Yeah, I can picture walking in and out of Minnie's house and Mickey's house. I remember riding the Barnstormer. But I also remember the second time I went back with Amy, the Barnstormer was farther to walk to. It just seemed like it because it kind of was because they put the, the Dumbo rides in there, which makes you go out and about. And But there's some YouTube videos you can find. I'll see if I can put a link, if I remember to uh, put a link in the show notes, uh, from somebody on the train that was going behind that area there where the, where the train stop is now in the circus land. Um, that wasn't there, but that was a brand new addition to the new Fantasyland edition. And uh, the video is of like the construction that was going on and all the demolition. So That's cool. Yeah, it's pretty neat. I tried to make us Magic Kingdom passes for Monday, and you're blocked out. Oh, I'm sure. February 13th, 2009. California resident Frances Taylor celebrates her 100th birthday at Disneyland. She is greeted at the main gate by the Disneyland marching band, a confetti burst, mouse ear balloons, and a cavalcade of well-wishers, including Mickey and Minnie Mouse. As a three-year-old child from Scotland, Taylor was to ride aboard the Titanic with her mother, brothers, and sisters on his 1912 maiden voyage in the U.S., but the crossing was overbooked, and they were bumped. Yeah. How about that? And there you go. That is This Day in Disney History, covering February 6th through the 13th. And uh, now it's time for us to get into some current Disney happenings with our next segment, To Infinity and Your Mom. To infinity and your mom. <laughs> Wait, what? Yeah. That's not right. You sure? No, that's not right. I'm pretty sure that's it. No, 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 let me show you. To insanity and a blonde. What do you even That's how it goes. Saying? No, that's how it goes. To immunity and respond. To indecency to infrequently. and... Hey, hey, guys, you got it all wrong. It's to infinity and beyond. All right, time for us to get into some current happenings out there in the world of Disney's. And uh, Julie's going to start us off, and uh, we'll keep going from there. What you got for us there, Baby Cakes? So I'm excited about this one. We're going to start in Disneyland and go shroomp. Sorry if I didn't go in the right order for it to go shroomp properly. Disneyland, like California? Yeah. Yeah. So Disneyland Resorts opens as a super COVID-19 vaccination site. Nice. Nothing else was happening in that big Toy Story parking lot. So they made it uh, useful, which is awesome because it's open 24-7. And especially with the spikes in California, they are trying to get everybody vaccinated that wants to be vaccinated as fast as possible. Get vaccinated. 
Yep, 100%. And if uh, you live in California, you probably have already heard this news and uh, maybe outside but of California. But it's like up and going it. and it's awesome it's, yeah. and it's great. And I know some people that have got vaccinated there. Yeah, at the same time, then because of that, then the Disney here officials were then talking with the CDC and whoever is in charge of that to turn the uh, ESPN headquarters over here we have into uh, the same kind of gimmick because of all the parking space we have available. And they also have the super deep freezers they need to keep this uh, vaccine chilled. Well, the thing is they're not doing any of the Disney marathons, so right. that's Already just open yeah. all year. Yeah. yeah, it's huge. And especially after the press that Disney got for how successfully they handled the rest of the NBA season. I yeah. mean, that's just brilliant yeah. to do there. And uh, on the same topic with the vaccinations, uh, Disney has also posted that if you're coming to Florida to visit the WW parks and you've had a vaccine, they don't give a fuck. They make, you have to wear a mask still. And so the thing is how the vaccine works is you become asymptomatic. So the virus is not affecting you and hurting you. Well, they're not 100% sure that, but that yet, but that's what they're thinking. You being can, you asymptomatic... You don't know you have the symptoms, but you still have it to spread it. Yeah. So that is why you still need to wear a mask. See. It's to protect others. The vaccine protects you. The mask protects others. Yeah. And uh, wear it over your nose, too. If you see anybody wearing their mask like a fucking chin strap, tell them to pull that shit up over their nose because it doesn't do anything for them. I'm not allowed to do that when we go to over parks. Their mouth. Well, no, you can't say things to people or bitch about it. You just told them to tell them. I know. I'm just saying not in Disney if you're at like the grocery store or your backyard. Or some woman is breathing down your neck waiting in line with you. At Walmart. Well, it's because you went to fucking Walmart. What do it you expect? It was at Michael's. Even worse. I've lived through six pandemics. World War One, Two, and the Korean War. Vietnam. Desert Storm. Saudi Arabia. Those are war, not pandemics. I know. Of wars or pandemics, you kidding me? So does that mean that she, they're not? I know. But but does that mean she lived through the Black Plague if she's lived through six pandemics? Well, she lived through five G, so I think she's good to go. <laughs> Who knows? Mm-hmm. I'm kidding. Maybe she was from the future. Five G is just like four G, but better. It allows doctors in India to do surgery on your brain in America. It's just faster internet. But that's what they that's what they wanted it for for the medical use and science and all kind of good shit. Yeah. All right, babe, what else? A proposed bill in California could allow Disneyland and other theme parks, who cares, uh, to open sooner. I'm just kidding. We want all of these people to get jobs back and be able to go back to work. Well, we, but we got to get Knott's Berry back to cooking that fried chicken, baby. <laughs> but remember that talk we had the day I called you on Labor Day or Memorial Day. And I was watching that. You wanted some fried chicken. I was yep. watching the Defunct Land episode uh, documentary. And then I wanted fried chicken, and then he didn't want fried chicken anymore, so it took forever for me to get fried chicken. It's because I put on 20 fucking pounds. Anyway, so Disneyland <laughs> could possibly be opening sooner than later, which is awesome. So I guess they passed a bill that, or they're trying to pass a bill that lowers the requirements. So Yeah, the yellow color. Okay, so the thing is, while all of those things make sense, their gauge of like yellow, orange, red, or whatever it actually was, like the lowest one was like one to two people. Not that drastic, but 
and the the way of reopening things. And I understand why they've kind of said no across the board, even though Disney has been doing a great job here. It's because other parks that are not Disney around the world have not been as strict with their policies and requirements, even universal in the same state. So as a kind of blanket statement to not make things even worse than it already is there. I get it. But if this bill passes, Disneyland might be able to open sooner rather than later. And a lot of what she just said was kind of opinionated stuff because we can't say factually what other places are doing because we have not been there and experienced it. Right? Yes, it's just kind of a blanket statement, yeah. which I believe I said a blanket statement. Yeah, I, th- I, th- I do, in my opinion, think that Disney has handled this with uh There are certain things that gloves. Disney is starting to do that are starting to bother me as far as um, last night when we were at Hollywood Studios. Mm-hmm. Slinky Dog is now... They might have been doing that before. I don't remember. Well, some of but the, they're well, loading like every... Right. A lot of the rides now are doing that. Row. They're loading every every row. But they're putting plexiglass up between everybody. Not on Slinky Dog. There is plexiglass up. On the line, but not on the ride. You sure? 100%. I don't remember that. And you're outside, everybody's wearing masks, but still. Yeah. I'm just seeing if our photo pass was up for it. I figured. I'm not actually. I don't know. I thought you had more to say about it, so I was waiting for oh, you. Oh, no, no. Okay. But yeah, definitely, I think it's a. Uh, but it's exciting because the proposed bill would allow Disneyland to open, and the most important thing. Yeah. Getting. Disney cast members who have been furloughed or laid off back to work. Yep. But on that same note, how about what they're doing and be doing over in California Adventure? Yeah. So California. Okay. So the state of Florida. Nope. The state of California has gone back for strict restrictions for like dine-in seating versus, you know, takeout and things like that. But Disney has adapted because all of their restaurants can offer takeout. So that is one thing that has kept a lot of employees employed but they are also talking about extending more areas of the park for food options so that they can kind of open it up a little bit and they're also kind of doing their own rendition of the taste of the food and wine festival and now california has always had a food and wine festival that happens in california adventure mm-hmm. but this is going to be more like how disney scaled back a little bit for the taste of the food and wine. So I think it's awesome that they're going to be able to still bring back the festival, even though the park isn't open as it would be. And it's awesome because they're all grab and go places. So none of it sit down. It's the way Disney has handled all their festivals. So Disney world is like, Hey, look what we're doing here. And we're succeeding. Let's try this out. Yeah. No rides are open, Mm. but this is another big part of the parks. Right. So I think it's cool that they're, Kind of experimenting with that in California, too, which will also bring back a lot of jobs, too. Yeah, and also making it a ticketed event will limit, you know, how many people actually show up. Knoxbury Farms already did this previously in their ghost town area. They had, like, their little weekend food and wine gimmicks that they were doing. So, you know, I know us and other other Disney podcasts, including, like, our our pals over at the Podcateers, they have been saying the same thing. And they live in California. Well, even a little later in my episode, too, I talk about capacity and some of the other parks around 
the world and the significant difference between the park capacity versus Florida, the parks are still opening. People still want to go. They're just limiting how many people can go. And I think if California was like, hey, so we're doing this percentage in Florida, but if we do this percentage that's a lot lower in California, we'll still be able to employ the same number of people. Right. We just will not be putting people at risk. Yeah, they're not opening rides or anything, so they're not having to have you know attractions it's all just food and beverage exactly so i think that's awesome yeah so but um three iconic disneyland attractions are becoming little golden books i about that it's very exciting so it's a small world is available now and it's so cute in the drawings the illustrations are so adorable that's cute as shit i hadn't seen this yet and very much look like the ride in Disneyland, obviously, because that's what it's based off of. With the Mary, yeah, the Mary Blair kind of style. Awesome, yeah. The Jungle Cruise will be available May 25th of this year. I can't wait to see that one. That one's going to be so cute. Mm-hmm. So they obviously have, you know, samples of the, the cover page. So the illustration quality looks like it's going to be super fun, and I cannot wait. And then, in July, right before Halloween season starts... The Haunted Mansion. Mm. And that one's going to be super cute. And I am not sure who the artist is on these, but it definitely looks like an artist that I have wanted to purchase art from while either at the Festival of the Arts or in Disney World, which is awesome. But yeah, these golden books are cute. Also, I don't know if you heard, but Loki has one coming out too. And I guess there's some of the stories that are in the Loki one have coincide with his uh, new Marvel series coming up. That's super exciting. So we need that and uh, a couple. Uh, but yeah, so Golden Books and Disney are kind of. I remember back in the day as a child, I had Disney Golden Books. I still have some of my yeah. forty-five record story books that I, you know, type of things. My forty-fives are all Dad's forty-five. So I, unfortunately, they're not the Disney classics, mm. but they are my favorites. I have some Disney classics. I've had Star Wars. Forty-fives. Yeah. What like in existence? Yeah, it's in my so comic books. Can we? Buy a record player and listen to this? There's one here at the studio. I don't care. I want my own. I know. But yes. That's but awesome. It is. Yeah, so Golden Books. How about that? I wish they would come back on vinyl too, just to like bring it all back. Mm-hmm. When I was a kid, I'll tell you this little, this little anecdote. Mm-hmm. Uh, we had cassettes because I'm a tiny bit younger than Jason. And... Uh, there was this one cassette that I love to listen to every night before bed. My sister and I shared a room. She was six years older than me. And it was a blue cassette tape. Mm-hmm. I remember it vividly. And it was the Aladdin soundtrack. Mm. Nice. And it would play side A. And the machine was smart enough to flip it over to side B. Play the other half of it. My sister loved that. That was always a great sound hearing the thing flipping around. Ugh. You know, didn't flip the tape, just like the heads changed positions. Mm-hmm. But yeah, how about that? Hey, look at that. Hey, look at that. Ooh, I'm sure you've all heard the controversy behind this one. But haha, we're going to talk about two things with this next one. So Disneyland seizes the opportunity to reboot their annual pass program. Yes, old, old news. Very old. We still don't know exactly what they're doing with the new pass system, but they have canceled all California annual passes and refunded money. Yeah, there's like three different variations that Disney has put out in surveys. 
And some theories are that Disney has already actually created this new annual pass program membership thing. And they were just surveying people to see that. If they'd like it. Yeah. And they actually probably didn't or did. I don't know. I think it's a good thing, though, because I know a lot of people that, because of pandemic times right now, that aren't going to want to go every day. You know, like there was a guy that, I mean, he, I know he's, he even said, I, d- I don't know if you've heard the story, but this guy's been going to Disney for like, Disney like seven years now straight or four years. That's some kind of crazy number. And because it closed, they had to stop. And he said he was saying he was actually glad in a sense that, it, not glad, but you know, it took the pressure off sense. of him to have to go to the park every fucking day. <laughs> That's cool. Um, and yeah. like, I feel like the thing with this is it makes sense because most of their visitors are local mm-hmm. and i feel like this annual pass system was kind of set up more like the florida one where we have so many international as well as national visitors that i think disneyland needed to revamp it so probably there are going to be more options and even in disney world we have the epcot after four right because it's different because epcot is one of those parks where there aren't too many rides and most of it is all about the World Showcase. Yeah, and our favorite time to go is like 6 o'clock. For like the last two or three hours of the night. I, you know, I like to go when it's sunny out, but as well, far as... Okay, so not this time of year, like summertime, after the heat's gone. Oh, yeah, when it's still and that's out. Generally, yeah, yeah, yeah. And that's generally when the 4 o'clock thing starts. Is like people go, because it's still sunny out until around like 9 o'clock. Yeah, in the and it's one of those places where it's about restaurants. It's about the bars that are there. Like, mm-hmm. that's the atmosphere of it. While California Adventure is a little bit more sophisticated than Disneyland, it was built later and it was kind of geared more towards a little bit older crowd. You know, they still have some stuff, but like even the Marvel Avengers expansion, yeah. Mm -hmm. I can't think of the word I'm looking for, but with that, it's, you know, a little bit more geared towards adults. That's where they had the, you know, roller coaster that goes upside down, the crazy. Oh, you mean for Epcot? No. In California Adventure in Disneyland? Yeah. yeah. The roller coaster, you know, goes upside down. The Ferris wheel does crazy spinny things. It's massive. There is the Tower of Terror, a.k.a. Guardians of the Galaxy Remix, Rewind, whatever it's Mission, called. Mission Breakout. Yes. And huh, I have a Disney podcast. <laughs> I know these things. Um, <laughs> it's not as Epcot- as Epcot is, because there's still the other eyes. There's still Cars Land. Mm-hmm. There's still the parades that happen there. And so while it is geared a little bit more towards adults, it wasn't. Right. So they couldn't open it the same way. Uh, they couldn't offer a pass the same way they offer the Epcot pass. Yeah, for but sure. But I think they're starting to realize that, mm, no, that's probably something that we can do. You know, I'm sure they are able to grab all the data of all the people that are entering at parks at what time they're entering the parks and thing like yeah. and things like that. So I think it's while people are upset about it, I think it's a a good move on Disneyland. And then of course yeah, there totally. were the rumors. Sorry. No, no, go on. And then there of course were the rumors that Disney World is not doing annual passes again. Oh my god, they came out like three days after that. But since July, Disney World has not offered an annual pass. They're not offering any new annual passes. You're able... I know, but but it's it's been that way. And it's one of those things where, yes, you can renew. Before COVID, you you can get a new annual pass. Before COVID, yes. But I'm saying, since COVID, day one, you haven't been able... But they haven't announced it until recently. 
They never announced. But they didn't. There's literally no information on the interwebs about an actual Disney announcement. It it's just it was, every. It's just hasn't been offered. It was in the news. But the now news. that I know, but I read that news article. Yeah. That Fox News article did not have any quotes from actual Disney. Okay. They just haven't been offering annual passes since they reopened. Right. And yes, you can renew, but during the time that they were closed, to so the time they reopened, you couldn't get anything. And then they started letting you renew. Mm -hmm. I I think the kind of, I guess, uh, the caveat to COVID for Disney is it's given them a chance to pause and then try out some new shit. And I know, in my opinion and your opinion included, and a lot of other people out there that are, you know, quote unquote influencers or doing podcasts or in the industry. That was an interesting way to influx influencers. You like that? Um finds that what Disney is doing right now and their protocols are actually very beneficial t for the magical experience you get. I love the random cavalcades. They've always done timings and they've always done timings because they know based on movement throughout the parks and who's riding what, when and where and why that they need to capture the attention of the crowds, which is why the, the Festival of Fantasy rides is at three o'clock. It's after lunch. People are kind of moving around a little bit. They draw like everybody to this one place. So it's a people eater. It allows the rides that are out there to not be so congested so people can go ride those rides. But that's also like that time of day where it's like the climactic parade and people can leave with their kids. Right. And they do. But if you, if, if you look at like the statistics that are out there, touring plans has, they've been keeping track of this shit. I mean, their touring plans is actually in the parks, keeping track of how many people are actually wearing their masks properly. And they're saying right now it's about 95% from what I remember seeing. But uh, this is, I, I just think, just the, to the point, I think it's given Disney a chance to experiment and try some new things. See how they can cut, they can not cut corners, but cut costs as far as labor, as far as certain specific things go within the, the company. But it's one of those things where, okay, so during the pandemic, a lot of people lost their jobs. Mm -hmm. A lot of people weren't working full time. So maybe they can't afford to renew at that like $1,000, $1,200 price point, they may not be able to afford anymore. So they may just not renew at all. But Disney is thinking about this and they're like, okay, well, we can refund people money, mm -hmm. make them happy because they haven't been able to come to the parks for all this long. It's not that much money that we're losing. But then we can revamp this plan. People that may not have been able to renew because of the pandemic are seeing this lower price point for the times that they're going to be in the parks. Mm -hmm. And more people are going to either renew or get new passes or even some people that may not have had passes at all because neither of the options made sense to them are going to be buying passes. And I think it's brilliant. Right. Well, I think in terms of the logistics and statistics with Inside Disney, so to go back to when Rise of Resistance opened up, right, at opening of the park, you would have like 20,000 fucking people there because a small – not small, but a majority of those people were trying to get passes – to get the boarding pass for Rise of Resistance. They would get into the park. They wouldn't get it. They would leave, which would leave like 10,000 people in the park. So statistically, Disney's like, oh my God, we have 30,000 people coming to the park every day. The reality is there's only like maybe 10 or 15,000. But it was a bigger deal in California. That's what I'm referring because, to is California. Oh, you said Hollywood Studios. Well, I, but I, the, big, no, the bigger I, difference is because Disneyland, it's that whole park. And these people are reserving park passes or whatever they were doing, taking up capacity in the park right. and leaving right away. Than those people that could be buying tickets or but they didn't to have reservations in the park. No, I know. I, I that's why I corrected myself. Yeah, but obviously there's a park limit. Oh yeah, for sure. But it was giving Disney like a false 
inflation, similar to the GameStop, you know, fucking stock that just happened. You know, that was all false inflation by a bunch of people that wanted to make a little bit of money and say fuck you to the big, you know, big guys. But anyways, on a side note, you know, that's what that was. But I think it's I think again, Disney's it's given them a chance to kind of step back, reevaluate their whole structure of what they're doing, thinking about their timing of their closing. Because they don't have a fireworks show right now, people are not staying in the park after a certain time of the day because there's no evening show. Normal time when Epcot when Epcot's working, I can see why now. I didn't even ever thought about it, but in the summertime in Florida, it's typically bright out or their sun is out until around eight forty-five or so, almost nine o'clock. It's interesting though, and, and it it's gets smart on their darker part. way earlier. But no, but to a point to be dark for a fireworks show, to have the full darkness, to enjoy and appreciate the fl- lanterns, yeah. everything around the world showcase. But it's interesting because living down here, we're closer to the equator. And back home in Massachusetts, even in the winter, it's darker an hour earlier before it even starts to get dark here. And that's why Disney said, fuck you to put in a, a park in New York. It's so crazy. You didn't want to have a, th- a slower day, have to have closing, because Disneyland was only open certain times of the week, right? And you didn't want to put a park somewhere that had to have that same... He didn't have to have it, but he did it early on because of the labor. They were closed on Mondays and Tuesdays for the longest time. So, which is why, when I told you about the story about the Monsanto's house, they said they were going to tear this Monsanto's house down in, on a Monday, Tuesday, in two days. It took them three weeks. <laughs> That's a whole other day. But anyways, so that's why Walt didn't want to put the park in New York. Because, for one, they have cold winters. France is dealing with snow in the parks. I would love to go see Disney in the park in some wintertime and, like and see it. However. But the thing in the. A lot of places like out in, in Europe, these big theme parks, they have to close a percentage of the year because it is just unbearable to work. Much less have guests come visit. Well, yeah, because Paris, yeah, they get like a dusting of snow, but in the Northeast, it's fucking blizzard. Even this winter, we've gotten what four feet of snow already. Yeah, it's, it's crazy. Yeah. And even so, like Six Flags New England is only open end of March sometimes to October, and the only thing they're doing in October is the the haunted houses, the things like that. So all the roller coasters, all the water rides, nothing was open then. Right. So it was just the, like the hardcore Halloween scare me people yeah. were the ones that were going. It's very similar to how they close the water parks here in the wintertime because there's really no point. If it's below a certain temperature, they close them. I mean, they're, they're still it's still open, so, but below a certain temperature, they close the water park. That's why they do the refurbishments in the winter but they because they can afford to have one park open and one park closed. Right now, they're both closed because COVID, but right. in the winter, they're able to have just one of those water parks open because the crowd isn't as large. Yeah, exactly. So on that... After that tangent... Uh, Which is funny you know. because people up north would be like, yeah, 60 degrees in January, let's go to the water park. Oh, you can tell the Floridians even in 60 degree weather when they got their scarf and their sock hat on and their four different layers of clothing like <laughs> me. I've become that person. I didn't want to leave our house sometime yeah. in January because it was 58 degrees outside. It was like 42 in here in the studio and I'm in here freezing my balls off. It was so windy. Literally. <laughs> it was so cold. Yeah. So anyways... So it's it's just interesting, you know. I think I think if there's any takeaways from this whole pandemic, quote unquote pandemic thing, even though it's not quote unquote, this whole pandemic time we've had from the beginnings of 2020, is that it allows us all to take a step back and reevaluate things completely. Your life, your job, 
your business, your parenting, your friendships, your everything. It's a good time to reevaluate. And I know her and I, Miss Julie and I, have been doing the same thing. Yeah, because if you can survive your first year of marriage in a pandemic, I think we said earlier in this episode. You might be a redneck. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I don't think that. But but you can survive anything. Yes. I mean, really, if you can survive the pandemic, you can survive anything. That's what I meant, not... Your husband calling you a redneck. I know. I was just trying to correlate, you know, Disney reevaluating things and us as outside of Disney reevaluating things. Well, like, that's the thing. Yeah. Okay. So you work for a company that's literally, I'm, I'm sure any company, everything is changing always. Unless it's like a mom and pop shop that has done the same thing for the last 80 years. Like a floor store. Companies are evolving. They're changing. They're changing their rules. They're changing their guidelines. They see new things happen. It, It's ever-changing. It's the same thing with Disney. Like, if you've worked for any sort of company, you understand things have to change for companies to be successful. And this is the way Disney is kind of playing with it to figure out what's going to work, what isn't going to work. How are we going to be able to bring the most magic mm-hmm. to our guests yep. as we can moving forward? Yeah, and... and, uh, and- as we always say, as like a kind of caveat to all of this, is that if you want to go to Disney and have the complete full magical experience, wait. Wait like even uh, wait like a year and a half, maybe two years until the rides are open, until the 50th is over, the crowd levels are down, the mask wearing isn't an issue anymore. All the hotels will be open by then, the restaurants will be open, food plans, all that shit. Okay, so we both don't say this? No, just this is just my opinion. So... Go to Disney during the pandemic. There, wear, wear your mask. It's it's not the big deal. Wear your mask. It is so magical. One, crowds are insanely down. Two, you get cavalcades that are sporadic that you could just be standing on Main Street and you're like, oh yeah, that's my jam. What? To the east, to the west, rock it out. Yeah. So I feel like there's more Disney magic now. Than there has been. So my first trip was in 2007. Or 2009. I can't remember. It was right after I turned 21. I can't do the math right now. But. Apparently the parks. The parades were. At specific times. But we walked into the park. Into a parade. Like I didn't plan it. It just The only parades that were not at specific times. Were the rainy day parades. Because it was the rainy day. But like yeah. I walked into the park to a Move It Shaker parade. And it was amazing. Yep, they were always on a schedule. Okay, cool. Anyway, so I didn't know this because I'd never been to Disney before. And it was a super awesome surprise to me. And then there's the 3 o'clock parade. And you get the pamphlet. And you can see when all the Disney parades are happening. Yeah. And then the crowds come. And then you get going to elbow people for a front row. And I just think, yes, Disney all the time has the parameter set up for when the cavalcades come through but it's never the exact same time every day yeah totally. and you guys know backstage no we don't They're, no not no. even no we have a we have a, a running thing that says like the schedules what rides are down and stuff like say at magic kingdom i mainly have it that's where i see it the most and the cavalcades no time because the guests will come ask us what time is this at and then we have to say we don't know because we can't lie to them and say we don't know right 
So, I mean, we could, but that's not Disney. So, I, I, I agree with what you're saying. For, the, for a lot of people that go to Disney, so, and I haven't talked to you about the schedule either. This is something I was actually thinking about yesterday while I was in Hollywood Studios with you. So, Julie and I have been going, we, we, we were in the park the very last day of the opening of Magic Kingdom before they closed. We decided to leave early because we knew the coronavirus was out there. We didn't want to be stuck in this massive crowd of all these people saying goodbye at the train station like they had in Disneyland. Same kind of issue. I don't want to be in that crowd of potential viruses. You know, I'm a little more, I have a medical background. So for me and growing up in the medical family and having a shit ton of anxiety, all this stuff kind of culminates. So for me, I was ready to get the fuck out of there. Now, fast forward to when the parks reopened again, stop making faces and hear me out. I get it, but you're not the only one with the medical background. I understand that, but just, just hear me out where I'm at. So, We've been a shit ton since the parks reopened. We spent like a whole fucking week there during our honeymoon. I noticed myself personally, the more we would go, the more I would be antsy and agitated and just not enjoying. Like I was, I was enjoying myself, but there was this kind of like underlying anxiety, I guess, that was going on, right? So we're yesterday, we're yesterday, we're in line in Mickey and Minnie's Runaway Railway, just in the queue there hanging out, which is an outdoor spaced out thing. And I realized that the reason that why I've had this anxiety is because we're in the parks and we're seeing people, I, I am seeing people wearing masks still, which is still reminding me that there's this fucking pandemic that's going on outside of the parks. When I go to Disney, I go to Disney to forget every fucking thing that is going outside of that perimeter of the pixie dust that encapsulates the Walt Disney World property. Well, I've worked there for almost 10 years now. And when I go to work, I go to work and I hit a certain part. Like I have like a, a landmark that I hit and I get in my Disney mode. And once I'm in that Disney mode, I don't get out of it until I pass that landmark when I leave work, which includes me turning off my foul language, all that kind of shit. Even right now when I'm there working, I find myself dropping F-bombs on stage with my fellow cast members, which is a complete no-no. And again, it's because I am completely taken out of this bubble of pixie dust that a lot of us go to Disney for. I still get a good escape. I had a blast when we went yesterday. But I had so to kind of back up a few trips ago, I had this realization that I'm blessed to be able to go to the parks when I go to the parks, and I need to enjoy myself. I need to just not be a fucking grouchy asshole like when I go to these parks. Understand things outside of me I can't control. I'm in the parks. Enjoy the moment. Have fun. So that's what I've been doing. And I know, and I hope you recognize, honey, that by the end of the, our times where we're spending in the parks. Um, I, and it was what it started from was our last time at Hollywood Studios. Like I had a little little spot there where I had like a freak out kind of. I like, know, yeah. And that was my birthday trip. Like I was ready to get. I was like, dude, we can go now. Like I was ready to get the fuck out of there. And I, I just, was like, um, you told me that you wanted to drink your way through Hollywood Studios. Yeah. And I'm ready for this. We finished the night drink. What do you mean? <laughs> yeah, exactly. So. But yes, no. He like got out of his little funk and. I got some sugar and some booze in him, and yeah, I was good. We go, go for the rest of the night. But then I had to step back, and then yesterday again, while we we're in the queue, I realized that like that's where my little bit of because even you, even yesterday, you said yourself that you're feeling a little anxious because of like you know it was a busy day at Hollywood Studios, and we looked at the times, and like most of the times at Hollywood Studios yesterday were like 45, 50 minute waits, and then they would like spike up at certain times. Yeah. And that's when we would which go was to look at it. Fucking nuts. It was crazy because by the time the day ended, like we it, basically walked on to Slinky Dog. You're right. And then afterward, we definitely walked on to 
Toy Story Mania. Midway Mania. Yeah. And I totally kicked your butt. That's on the record. Uh, she's lying through her teeth. Oh my God. It was <laughs> Both so times. Sad. She is zero for six. I am progressively getting better every time. You are. I give you that. But he is also getting progressively better every time. Yes. I hit over 200,000. And play. I can't cheat. I can't like hold his arm and stop him because that's not me. Yep. I want to win it fair and square. Yep. She's a good competitor. But so she also experienced that yesterday. You know, so it's 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 just kind of, uh, if you're going to the parks, it's hard to forget what the fuck's going on. But if you can go there with a little bit of compassion and, and just be humble and just say to yourself, because I know like when Julie and I first went to Magic Kingdom, for my first time going to Magic Kingdom, it was so fucking emotional for me just to be back walking through the train station to get onto Main Street. You know, just being there, it was just, it was a magical experience. I was, I'll never forget it for the rest of my life. But I want to. I'm looking forward mostly to going through that same train fucking tunnel without a mask on. I think for me that's gonna be the time where I'm like, we're finally getting back to somewhat of normal is. So I think what bothers me the most is that I am insanely comfortable in a mask. Uh, no, I, I, I no, wait, I am no, too. I am too. No, I waited while you talked. I know. I'm and saying I'm I too. Did. And. I really like I really like wearing a mask. I feel like I got a little hug on my face. I know that sounds ridiculous, but I got some social anxiety in large crowds. And okay, one part of it obviously is there isn't super crazy. Huge it's because crowds. you're so fucking beautiful. But you're just a lot of people looking at you all. Day. Anyway, the mask kind of gives me an extra extra layer of security. I just don't understand. And for me, going to the parks, one, I've found a newly renewed joy. And I, like I can feel the magic more now. And it wasn't so much that I was going all the time, but like moving down here and visiting you at work every day. Oh, you don't, you take it for granted. Exactly. And it's not that the magic is gone, but you get so much magic that you're like, more. Yeah, like um, we're just going for like dinner at Tony's. Not really, but you know, anywhere else but Tony's. Christmas, don't do it. <laughs> but and then we just and then we funny. go home and you know have a couple beers and that, that are like you know eight dollars oh. for a six pack instead of eight dollars for one beer. <laughs> but we also like when we went to Yak and Yeti, and I was like, "You could get six of these beers for that same price. Yep. You are not getting that." And then I was the bad guy. She was. Because logic, but. I personally feel even more magical now. And it's just one of those things where you kind of get used to the three o'clock parade happening at three o'clock. And I know that if I visit Jason at work and I get there at two and I talk to him for half an hour, I'm going to have a prime spot for Maleficent blowing her fiery brains out on everybody. Mm -hmm. And with the cavalcades and the characters that are... Out and about and not at a meet and greet for 45 minutes or at this time to this time. I just think there's that extra little spark of magic. And that's what I had my first trip to Disney because there was the parade that happened. And I guess that might have been planned, but I didn't know that. But the character meet and greets back then were not a set schedule of time. And there are characters walking around the park and... You could stop them and get a picture with them and get an autograph and there'd be a little line behind you and it just felt more magical than, oh, at uh, 2.05, we got to meet Mary Poppins in the courtyard. 
like that just doesn't feel as magical and i feel like now that they brought this all back one winnie the pooh gets to play with a butterfly net it's just so much more fun i feel like there's a lot more liberty he can visit people in different parts it's not everybody congested all at one waiting in line kids getting upset because they haven't met mickey yet or things like that i i don't know i feel more magic i, I don't c- mind the masks at no, all i i i so that's that when that was going back to my point about why i think disney has taken full advantage of this whole situation of having to reevaluate and, and adapt and evolve to what they're doing now the cavalcades and the way that their, their meet and greets are done i think they're fucking great however to step back a bit character meet and greets have always been scheduled it's always been a thing because they again they use these uh, disney's within disney and logistics of how they run their parks and they maintain the crowds disney is literally the pied piper within their park everybody that works within that park there is a specific reason why something is going off or going on at a certain time of day based on what they've been looking at over the last statistically for the last 50 years so again meet and greet character things that's always been timed however where they are now is way better than it's ever been disneyland they have the walk around characters. We don't. We rarely have them. You may get a, we get, may get a walk around character when they're walking into their spot to go get to their meet and greet Before space. Before you worked for Disney, there were walk around characters, hundred percent. No, there because I was there, and I got like forty six autographs because none of them were. Some of them were, but a lot of them were like, "Oh my God, can I have your autograph?" And they were allowed to stop. Was it and give you an autograph? Right. So the, but they may have been on their way to their said spot for meet and greets. Potentially. Over in like a, like in Adventureland, for instance, the the bears are out there walking around doing their thing. They're part of the walk around characters. Yeah, they do a little dance out there and stuff. But for the majority of the time at Disney and, and Magic Kingdom, the characters are specifically in their meet and greet spots. Peter Pan, he does wander around. That's his that's his gimmick, right? That's his character. Otherwise, I I and this and the evil like behind the castle, you get Fairy Godmother. We'll go out in New Fantasy Land. She'll meet and greet. She'll walk around. Gaston, every once in a while, will walk around. But Gaston didn't exist when I went for my first visit. Right. Things were totally different. Right. Then. That was before New Fantasyland. Hence, where Dumbo was and everything. Yeah. So, but that, but, but still, I'm just saying. Yeah, at that point in time, there probably was a little bit of walk around, but not as much. It's not now. It's like like the only time I ever waited to visit a character was Stitch and Buzz, over by the Carousel of Progress. And when I met Sorcerer Mickey in Hollywood Studios, where the launch pad is now for Star Wars. And that was, what, 2007, you think, around there? 2009. And everything else was like a little pop-up. 11 years ago. A lot's changed. If you think about Disney within the last 11 years, Disney went from being a brand that had no presence in the theaters or TV, hardly. Like, real basic. They had the... Little Mermaid, they had the Lion King, they had the Aladdin, you know what I'm saying? Like that kind of stuff. But like as far as like live action films and that kind of stuff, they were just beginning the Disney decade, quote unquote, after Michael Eisner, when Bob Iger came in, when Disney became a brand. Now Disney is an actual brand. Disney is a lifestyle, right? Within the last five years. You know what I mean? So I think it's pretty rad. I, I, I love personally to look at all the back behind the scenes calculations and logistics logistics on how disney works it's fascinating to me i just think disney's awesome now go during the pandemic you're gonna have an amazing time and i feel like cast members are working extra hard to make sure it's magical for you 
Yeah, so say thank yous and wear your masks. And don't go under the ropes. <laughs> I hear it all day. So that tangent was off of Disney World cancels the Super Bowl parade. Yeah, how about that? So uh, the Disney's Liberty Bell is now back in session. They filled the pond, lake, river. Oh, Liberty Bell ferry paddle boat. Yes. And Tom Sawyer Island's open again. But it's exciting because some people got to see them filling the river, putting the Liberty Bell paddle boat back into the water. Yeah, I'm curious. And it was uh, it was a cool little uh, little uh, gimmick. Little gimmick. I'm I'm curious, uh, you folks that go to Disneyland more, uh, if you remember when the Rivers of America was drained and when they were doing the expansion for Fantasmic, uh, they had to. Uh, Redo some gimmicks and some things. And they had to drain the water there. And also redo some scenes. And Rivers of America... Uh, not, not Rivers of America. I, I don't know what they call that river. There's a name for it. Yep, no idea. Yeah, we should know this. But uh, Tom Sawyer's Island is back open. Uh, I know there, from what I understand, there's still some parts of Tom Sawyer's Island that are closed off. Like the caves, for instance, uh, might be closed off because of uh, you know socially distancing things and whatever's. But for me personally, my favorite place in Walt Disney World ever is a pair of rocking chairs on Tom Sawyer's Island that look over Thunder Mountain Railroad. It's beautiful. And if you can get to it at right before sunset, because they usually close around sunset, uh, it's just breathtaking. And when I was there in the parks in like 90... 97, maybe 98, we were coming back. We were, we were the last boat off Tom Sawyer's Island to get across back over to Adventureland. And I was wearing Birkenstocks at the time, back then, at those times in my life. I haven't worn Birkenstocks forever. But I was wearing Birkenstocks because when we crossed from uh, Tom Sawyer's Island over to Adventureland, there were so many people on the boat that the boat started to go underwater and water completely covered the entire boat. And my shoes were soaked. And I walked around the rest of the day in Magic Kingdom and soaked Birkenstocks. And I had to throw them away afterwards because they were gross. So after doing a little research, uh, it's also called Rivers of, of America at Magic Kingdom. How about that? Makes sense. In Liberty Square. Yeah. And here's a little fun uh, ditty. This comes from Wikipedia. So this has uh, been input by human beings that may or may not know what the hell they're talking about. However... It says, as other Magic Kingdom-style parks were built, uh, similar versions were included. At Walt Disney World, the Rivers of America is similar to its California counterpart. At Disneyland Paris, the Rivers of the Far West is home to Big Thunder Mountain. At, at Hong Kong Disneyland, there is no frontier land, so the Imagineers merged the Rivers of America with the classic Adventureland Jungle Cruise attraction. Jungle River rafts now travel around the Rivers of Adventure, encountering similar situations as the Jungle Cruise attraction, but on a much more open river and exposed to the elements of Adventureland. In the middle of the river sits Tarzan's treehouse, which can be reached by river rafts. So what's next, babe? Next is the Rosen Crown Dining Room. It's going to be closed for refurbishment on the 15th of February. Thank God. I've been there once in that place like it was fucking 100 years old. Uh, it's beautiful. I know. I love but, it. But uh, it's interesting that it happens after valentine's day so they can capitalize on all of those lovebird profits and that the fact that epcot is now open to 11 on valentine's day 
Jeez Louise. They actually were closing at seven like two weeks ago. It's cool. I didn't want to spend time with my husband on Valentine's Day anyway. Yeah, I got to work. Disney Springs though. Okay, so since we've jumped back over to Disney World, I have this little tidbit. So what scares me about this announcement is that they'll replace the ride that they are calling for a similar ride for. If that makes sense. Hey. You'll understand. So Disney fans call for a WandaVision ride inspired by Carousel of Progress. Yeah, I, I saw this article and I was like... Mm. Okay, so... Mm. Would be Lame. really... No. Would be really awesome to do in the 4D theater in Disneyland. That's where I saw the trailer that was 4D for the original Guardians of the Galaxy... And it was perfect. I feel like they could do like a 20 to 30 minute like digital 4D show. That would be amazing. Was it the same theater over there that they had uh, Captain EO in? No, I'm talking about Disneyland. Yeah, Captain EO was in Disneyland. Was it? I don't know. I wasn't there long ago. (coughs) It was when they added the Captain... No, the Iron Man mock exhibit that was over there Hmm. it's like you walk from main street and take a right it was over there somewhere i don't know tomorrowland maybe disneyland i don't know a stitch shop there but cool story bro what i said cool story bro what bothers me about this story Disney guests wanting a ride like the carousel of progress but based on wandavision is that they're going to take the carousel of progress and just make it WandaVision. Yep. I'm not okay with that. Not even one iota. Not okay. Nope. 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 Do not do it. They won't. Disney. Don't do it. They won't. I think the Imagineers have enough respect for Walt Disney himself and within the company to just update that show, which they've been talking about. But I they- feel like their update would be WandaVision, and I do not approve. No, because they had auditions like two years ago for John to redo the voice. I get it, but WandaVision didn't exist two years ago. I know. I'm just saying, do not change the carousel of progress. I will hunt you down. She she will. She holds a grudge and a half. I still cannot stand the Frozen ride in Norway because Maelstrom was the best. However, I love it. Especially when you get to see Odin's little store. Or whatever the hell's name is. You know, like Big Summer Blowouts and all that stuff. Yeah, no, not Odin. Odin was the king. In the theory, he was like the god of... Yeah, Thor's dad. Hmm. I know. Didn't know a clothing shop. You probably did on the weekends. Big summer blowouts. <laughs> All right, what's next, babe? So Disneyland Paris has changed some of their capacity limits, but they have also changed the transaction limits. And I wonder if this is a way to keep people from just going to... Disneyland Paris to buy things and not actually spend time in the park so that the people who actually want to go and ride rides and things like that can actually go. But it's 50 items per transaction. Personally, I've never purchased 50 items in one transaction, maybe across an entire vacation. But those kind of sound like the people that are buying them and uh, making some money off of them. But they have also changed the capacity because of the restrictions in France. They want to make sure that they are abiding by them and proving to the world that Disney 
can be open during a pandemic and be responsible at it, especially because of the parks that are close to California and things like that. Disney is just trying to prove a point. They are able to adapt. But yeah, so I hope that they are able to prove that they are able to adapt and perhaps we will be opening California sooner than later. However, while the resorts are closed in Disneyland Paris, cast members are working really hard on all of the renovations that need to be taking place that are still going on while the parks are closed so that when the park is fully open again, people will be able to enjoy all of these magical amenities and upgrades. And I think that's awesome. Yeah, it definitely is. And it's cool that Disney has gotten a chance to... Spend more time on these. Yeah, very similar to uh, uh, Hong Kong, Disney. And it's one of those things where it's a lot easier to do when you're able to work 24-7. Because working an overnight shift and then the next crew working an overnight shift. Yeah. It's cool to have variations because Mm -hmm. Morgaston. Yeah, that was was a thought here at Epcot. Like, we're all like, oh, my God, when we get back to the parks, Epcot's going to be all done because it'll be working 24-7. And lo and behold, the unions were like, yeah, fuck you. We're, our guys are going to be safe and not working in the pandemic. A lot of things have progressed. And two, to that point, Disney World still has had a lot of opportunities to upgrade a lot of things that are still closed at this point. And while we have a lot more open than the rest of the world, it's still given us a chance to, one, keep people employed. Yeah. we're As much as we haven't been able, you know, Disney... Disney as a company hasn't been able to employ, you know, retain employment for as many as they wish. Yeah. They're still, they're, they're trying. Yeah. And they're also setting a foundation for the rest of the parks to say, hey, if you're whatever rates are at this, you know, statistical mark and you're safe to reopen, then this is a way that you guys can do it. And all the people that are commenting that all of the protocols and the, the barriers and the way Disney has been doing things. Like I know, for example, the Tower of Terror. Initially, it wasn't blocked off as much as it is now. And people were complaining that maybe like a month or so ago, they started adding more plexiglass. That was a way to test certain protocols to see if we can open back up in California mm-hmm. and allow more cast members to get back to work. So I think it's awesome that... Disney is ever evolving during this pandemic, just like the virus itself is evolving, evolving. Yeah. Which sucks. <laughs> but I appreciate that they're taking so much caution and effort to make the park safe for everybody because we live in Florida. All of Florida is basically opened up. The only place I feel safe going out and having a night out or spending some time outside our house. That's not just is the most expensive the place field. on earth. <laughs> Exactly. But the only place I really feel comfortable is Disney. Yeah. Yeah. It's true. Unless it's takeout and we're eating at home, which is awesome and snuggly and wonderful. But sometimes I like the the outdoor atmosphere. Yes. Next. (laughs) I know this happened like four or five months ago, but Hong Kong Disneyland unveiled the first of its kind castle. Of Magical Dreams. So this Mm -hmm. castle in Hong Kong, Google it, take a look at it. If you get a chance to visit it, amazing. But they've had these videos out and they go into such detail about all of the amazing things that they've added to this and all the tiny little details that they've put in. Yeah, it's amazing. 
I remember last year. Was it last year? I cannot year? wait to go. Yeah, it was. Or 2019, we talked about it. We remember we, they yeah. first like had the drawings. And we're like, mm-hmm. this looks pretty cool, but it's kind of crazy looking, like the hodgepodgeness of it, you know? Yeah. but It's, it's fucking amazing. It's, it's beautiful. so cohesive. It works beautifully. Yeah. The main tones of the castle are all the same colors. It's just the the ornate details and things it's like that. It's very 2021, you know, with like the inclusive theming of culture right now. So if you haven't had a chance to view the castle... <laughs> Even from afar, because obviously you can't go there right now. It's just, it's incredible. And it's that like extra Disney magic that everybody needs right now. It's a amazing castle. And the whole process of how it was created. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Put together and pieced together. It was basically this puzzle. And it's just super cool that the whole story is amazing. Yeah. Speaking of puzzles, it's going to be motherfucker to put this fucking episode together. <laughs> Eleven percent. So, what happened a couple weeks ago in Tokyo Disney is they started selling park tickets again. Hey, how about that? Super awesome! They're getting park availability back up. The cool thing about Tokyo is I think their capacity right now is five thousand because of the steeper restrictions they've placed in Tokyo because of the virus. Yeah, and they've adapted, and they're like, "Oh wait, this is what we had it at. Here's what we have to put it at." And there are also some local restrictions that got in the way that Disney was able to be like, ooh, we can't sell tickets right now. Pause. Start up again. And people were still mm-hmm. willing to pay. And then it gives Disney a chance to say, hey, we need this many people back for work. And in Shanghai, Disney, they're starting their spring festival celebrations. Oh, how cute. Because I know right now it's the Chinese New Year. Mm-hmm. Happy New Year, all of our folks in uh, China. But yeah, saying the upcoming Lunar New Year. Yeah, it's going on. But this also took place on January 20th. But uh, I just think it's cool that they're able to celebrate, you know, mm-hmm. these things that are really important to that specific culture. Yep. Oh, wasn't last year like one of the first years they had like an actually big to do for it? Well, because they had or it 2019. in... Or uh, They had it in Epcot too. They had all the, the ears and things like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, I just think it's cool that it's a holiday that's getting some respect. Yeah. I'd I love still it. don't like that the Hanukkah section is just a little eight-foot wall, but uh, but yeah, making progress. Progress is progress. Anything else, honey? That's it. All right. All right, so now we've rambled on about current events and current Disney things and happenings. It's time for us to talk about a little bit of love and talk about bumping uglies earlier in the segment. Did we? It's Valentine's Day. It's actually a Valentine's Day. is a holiday I don't generally celebrate because I think that every day... Should be Valentine's Day. If you could not feel how hard I was rolling my eyes. Oh, they were like, she was seen out of the back of her head. I could see across the street (laughs) behind me. (laughs) So, yeah. So, right now, a lot of us are stuck at home. We're not going anywhere except for maybe to go pick up our groceries that are being taken to or the back of our car. And all those other kind of things that we're doing as we're trying to stay safe during a fucking global pandemic. And Valentine's Day is coming up, so we thought we'd share some fun things you could do at home that are... Or in the parks if you can get there. If, I'm just saying. If you can get there. Yeah, just, there's just there's all the tiny ways that you can save money and enjoy a romantic experience with your loved one. And if you're at home, you can sprinkle a little Disney pixie dust on your Valentine's Day celebration. So yeah, so this is uh, coming up here pretty soon. I know there's... Uh, 
Okay, so a, a lot of ways you can, if you're in the parks, celebrate Valentine's Day. Let's talk about home first because parks are easier. Yeah, I think home is what, for me, for this is most important because I think the majority of people listening right now are not in Florida. I want to talk about a really cute thing f- that I did for my husband that was romantic and Disney related the other night. Mm. So uh, he tell worked, me. He, <laughs> He had worked really hard for us, and I wanted him to know how appreciated he was. Mm. And I was baking little snacks, cooking a dinner, getting things ready, and he was on the couch. I was like, relax, play one of your video games. You deserve it for a couple hours. Enjoy it. So he asked for a beer and some chips and salsa. So I had a little dish that was about the same circumference as a beer bottle, poured some salsa into it, and then got a cute little bowl. And put some chips in it and made a cute little Mickey symbol. And a head Mickey served on it the cutting him. board. It was cute. And you know, that's, you know, one way to show your significant other that they're appreciated while incorporating some Disney. Yeah, how about that? Hey, look at that. Hey, look at that. <laughs> one other way that. You can be romantic with your partner is doing puzzles together. Yeah, I don't know if that's romantic. You're going to wonder <laughs> where that came from. Where? 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 <laughs> Whipped. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, Jason and I have started doing puzzles together. It all started with a puzzle that my parents got me for Christmas. And we successfully did not bite each other's heads off mm-hmm. doing a puzzle together. So we're like, hey pandemic let's do some more puzzles which has been a lot of fun i do not remember where this story was going yes romance and i just think so him and i can sit together on the couch doing a puzzle not really talking to each other and (laughs) one of us we text each other if we want to talk (laughs) seriously but uh, (laughs) but the last puzzle that we did was a really hard Disney World puzzle that was shaped like Mickey ears, so it was like yeah, the Mickey extra icon. awkward. Oh my god, it was impossible. Oh my god, it was insane. But uh, it was really impressive when we found a piece for it, so we'd start saying, hey, look at that. And that was just kind of like our little love language. Uh-huh. While we were doing the puzzle to, to connect, he'd say it and then I'd say it back and then it would be maybe like a week later and then he'd say it and I'd say it back and he's like, I love you. Because, you know, it's not something that you'd think the other person would really remember after all that time. But it was just that one thing that connected us while we were doing something together. But I, I don't know. Just, it was super fun. Yeah, yeah now it's become like a little uh, little gimmick for us. But it's super fun. It is. I love it. And it got super romantic for us. So now I'm like, <gasps> I feel like I'm cheating on him if I'm doing the puzzle alone. I think the fun thing about it is it's a chance for us both to be focused on something. Working together as a team and uh, doing things the way you want to do it. <laughs> okay. For the record, the first one we did it the way I wanted to do it. The second one we did the way you wanted to do uh-huh. it. Just saying. Yeah, and, it's, and they've come together. And now we're doing a uh, re- two-sided cats and dogs oh my version. Goodness. Yeah, it's, it's, it's a beautiful piece. Disney, it's Disney so cats fun. and Disney dogs. But yeah, double-sided. Whew. Whew. Yeah. But do it. Go buy it. Enjoy it. Yeah, it's a, it's a great way for couples to connect, I think. Even families, like if you're just Oh, yeah, totally. Like, yeah, yeah, families. Yeah, absolutely. One Agreed. of my favorite memories of my grandmother was when my mom and my sister were in Disney World without me. My dad was out back roping up trees that had fallen down from a hurricane. And it was just me and my grandmother. 
I was like, what, six or seven smartphones didn't even exist then. But we were just in complete darkness. We had to use a candle to see what we were doing. And we were just doing a puzzle in the hallway because that's where the light reflected the best and we could see the most. And we put down pans and pots where everything was dripping. And it was just super cool to connect like that. So puzzles have always been like a super deep thing for me. So to be able to have that connection with my husband was extra special. But Oh yeah, well so see what I mean. With puzzles have always been a part of my family. Yeah. Puzzles and playing uh card games. Card games, board games. Like there's so much that you can do with your family. I implore you to put down your devices and smartphones and video games, things like that. Pick up a board game. Play a card game. But we still have the office in the background playing. <laughs> Not always. The majority of the time. I, I was apparently getting too serious for Jason. <laughs> but, uh, but no, just, just spend some real time with your family. Get I'm to know some, them. Like, Ask questions. We just watched Mr. Rogers and he spent... Oh, man. Fucking awesome movie. Oh, it was uh, so a beautiful be. day in the neighborhood. But was it was that on just Netflix? so much... Amazon was it on Amazon? Prime? Was it Amazon Prime? Maybe. I don't know. I think it was Amazon but Prime. It came out, what, two years ago? And we hadn't seen it yet. And oh, it's it was, so good. He's... My goal for 2021 is to just be like a tiny bit like Mr. Rogers. And he like took the time and had such patience and like to be that good mm-hmm. is something that I certainly aspire to. Even though he admitted because of the way he did things in life, he wasn't always the best person to be around. But he had ways of adapting and yep. handling his own It's a emotions. great film. You got to watch it. It's, it was, oh it's just God, it was it's so good. genius way they made the story work. Brilliant. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> back on track. Um, so there's some Valentine's Day prefix menus at a lot of the restaurants in Disney. It's on Disney Parks blogs. So if you just search prefix menus, you'll find all of them there, which is super awesome and amazing. And it saves you some money because you can go to a little bit higher end restaurant and maybe not spend as much money. But even yesterday, Jason and I went to Hollywood Studios. It was the first time we'd been out of the house together in two, three, five, six weeks. Aside from like going grocery shopping and biting each other's heads off grocery shopping. Yeah, inside Walmart. But it was just a nice break. We didn't do much. We walked around the park we ate lunch we went on rides of the resistance i got cranky we wanted a couple more rides i got my second wind but it's just one of those things where you're out mm-hmm. and you know you're safe but you get to just be with the people that you're with and not have to worry about anything else and i think that's super romantic and awesome i completely agree but then for our anniversary we did dinner at california grill and that was insanely romantic. Mm-hmm. And there were f- hearts that were thrown onto our table and the lighting the, the, was beautiful. Again, like we talked about with our honeymoon amazing. episode, which I guess was like the last, last episode. episode. <laughs> that we, is to get the buttons. get Make sure that when you're going there to celebrate something. Even that, if it's that literally just celebrating Valentine's Day because I just found in own. Jason's car. For, so I had to borrow Jason's car at one point And there was something that kept going... <laughs> Every time I took a turn and I had no idea what it was. So when I got out of the car, I looked at it and it said, um, you know, it was one of those like anniversary buttons, the like celebrating love, whatever, uh, Mickey buttons. But it says celebrating Valentine's Day. And then it brought me back to that 
time that we went to Ohana, mm-hmm. the first time we went to Ohana, and <laughs> we got to go up because we were celebrating our honeymoon and being newlyweds, and <laughs> Jason put his lay on himself, <laughs> so we had to get a second set of lays because we were doing it wrong, but it's just all those memories that you get to make, and those are also important things to bring home, which we talked about with the puzzles, but even throwing on your favorite Disney movie making Disney waffles, Mm -hmm. making Disney-shaped pancakes, making Disney-shaped anything. You know, it's more about the effort you put into it than the final product. And if someone you love loves Disney, they're going to understand and feel the magic that you put into it, regardless of what the actual item event is. I completely agree. I think it's wonderfully said, because it's all about the magic Yeah. in the smallest ways. And the biggest things are the effort that's put into those little magical moments. Yeah, that's what makes Disney so magical, is the the magic is in the details. That's true. Yeah. All right, so that has been our little... And I would uh, tell you about what uh, I'm doing for Jason for Valentine's Day, but then he would know, so... I'd tell you what I'm doing for Julie, but I have no idea what I'm doing. <laughs> I'm a planner. I know what I'm doing. Jason's a... I say those things as a facade to pretend that I'm not actually... Mm-hmm. I'm a clueless. Mm-hmm. Yes. All right. So now we've discussed some ugly bumping uh, Valentine's Day fuzzy wuzzy stuff. Did we? Mm-hmm. What did we even talk about? So what you could do is you can get a really nice, silky, comfortable Mickey Mouse print bed sheet. Oh my gosh, can we talk comforter? about No, can we talk about the robe that I have that I got on my drunken stupor into the park holder purchasing experience in Germany and Epcot? I got this moose mm-hmm. robe that's so fluffy and so comfy and so soft. I totally picked that over my husband. <clears throat> And I paid for it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm kidding. Um, but, I mean, if you're not with a significant other, anything that makes you happy on Valentine's Day, fuck. Do it. Do what makes you happy. I need to start making some, like, Disney-inspired dildos or something. <laughs> oh, my God. Can you imagine? I've actually thought about it. <laughs> oh, my God. Can I help you design me? We've already created uh, hey, if you're interested in some, S&M uh, monkeys. <laughs> yeah, some, uh, yeah, there you go. I'm not even going to say it. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So now we talked about that kind of stuff. It's uh, time for us to get into some fun food talk. Oh, my God. You're going to hate editing this so bad. Yeah. It's time for us to get into some yummy, yummy, yummy with what the Forky Foods. I want you to meet Forky. Uh, hi. Hello. Hi. Ah. <gasps> ladders. Okay. So let's go back to the taste of the International Food and Wine Festival at Epcot. This was awesome because during a pandemic, they were still going to bring a food festival back. A lot of the items were my favorites and I was excited to see them because it was like flower and garden time or no festival time and we're getting a festival. Super awesome, right? Mm -hmm. So that was great. And then food and wine season actually started. So the offerings changed a little bit because initially they were more 
flower and garden heavy. And now they were more food and wine heavy. So that was awesome. That was great. A lot of my favorites were there. Festival of the Holidays. Taste of Festival of the Holidays happened. And my favorites of those were there. Some desserts I didn't particularly care for. And some of the other options as far as food was concerned, like in Italy, were way too expensive. Yeah. my I, I have my favorite, though, the whole night. We're still talking about Festival of the Holidays. Oh, Festival of the Holidays. Okay. And then, my favorite festival, period, anyway, has a taste of Festival of the Arts. I went the first day it opened, ate so many things, and it was so delicious. And it was everything that I, I had hoped it would be, and more, and I just feel like all this time that Disney has had where they weren't going 100% had so much more time to put into this festival, and oh my gosh, it was so amazing. It was so good. Yeah, this, uh, this, so I remember year one was a complete clusterfuck for Disney. Oh my gosh, and yes, also they for couldn't the figure vendors. out where to place everything, crazy. everything was congested, Yeah. Awful. So this year, what's interesting too, is they still had to take some time to figure out where the fuck they're putting everybody at, because... Yeah, because year two was way better than year one, and then yeah. it progressively got better, and right. then and boom, and pandemic, so everything right, I had Right, but remember before, last year, waiting in line for Noah... Had to completely change. But, but so good, yeah. So last year, waiting in line for Noah, we waited in line for probably thirty minutes or so. It was in a, the worst area to meet him because it was right. But it there. was a really long line and not socially distanced. Before pandemic. Yeah, but but that's what I'm saying. Right, like, but what I'm it was a long no, line. No, but my my point is is that where they put him was the worst place ever because it was right there where the bell meet and greet was going on. So there was a line waiting for that, and there were people that were trying to pass through there with food booths and things going on in Morocco. It was a bad spot to be in. So this year, they had the artists actually spread out throughout the entire property of the park. There's people that are over near Test Track. There's artists over near the fucking uh, the land. Some that are in the World Showcase yeah, on the way to... they're everywhere. And I think what it, what it does is it gives Epcot a chance to get some foot traffic all over the place because right now, things are really congested into certain areas most people just go to the world showcase and because we're trying to spread people out which goes back to what i was saying before about disney having specific reasons for doing things based on statistics and evidence they know the world showcase gets super busy during the festival of arts they can't have that this time of year so they spread everybody out which gives you actually a bigger space to walk around and actually enjoy the booths Instead of having like 50 people all shoved into one space at one time like it was like last year and the previous years before that. I like it. I, I love the fact that Disney has a World Show place to open up again too. That was closed forever. Opened up only for proms and big meet and greets and yeah. for parties. You and know. the like festival center dome that That's they had over by Guardians of the Galaxy was never big enough really no. to do all they wanted to do in there. And it's, it's, it, I'd walk in there and get depressed because I wanted to go on Body Wars. Oh, I never went on Body Wars, so I was excited for mm, hops. Mm, hops. However, that space was also used for the culinary shows or to be part of like the demonstrations and that yeah. kind of stuff. I'm not sure where they're doing that. I don't think they're doing that uh, right now. They're not right now because it was there wasn't a way to socially distance that in an effective yeah. way. Which makes sense. But yeah, this year's Festival of Arts, I will give two thumbs up. Okay, so here's my counter argument. Year two of Festival of the Arts not experiencing year one was awesome. 
year two and year three, sorry, year three and year four just got better. This year was hard because things had to change and it's my favorite festival, but I still felt that magic even though it wasn't the same. And I think the biggest thing for me was walking into the festival initially from Future World is that the shops that were around the Showplace Plaza were not being corralled, treated, protected the same way as the booths that had the artists that had the lines that were waiting for them and things like that. And while I feel like Disney did an amazing job with how they protected the artist and created those cues and things like that. I feel like that initial portrayal of how food and art is going food and art is going to be, I feel like food and art deters flower and festival of the arts. It's going <laughs> I don't know. What the? We got the flower and festival of the food and garden wine festivals of the arts. arts. <laughs> um what <laughs> the fuck are you talking about? <laughs> anyway, so this year. So <laughs> you're you're round at Disney and Epcot. Show your face. I mean, right now, yeah, kind of. So <laughs> I feel like the appearance that you're getting and what they are portraying when you first walk through the show place plaza is that protocols are not being taken seriously. And I think that is a misstep on Disney's part because they are actually doing an amazing job throughout the actual World Showcase Plaza. Right. I think it's just like inside, they, yes, I agree. They just have to like let adults be adults and not everybody is an adult. So I understand what you're saying. But the issue with those booths is they're like tarp, 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 tarp door. Well, th- what so they're doing they're almost like being inside and nobody's monitoring how many people are going in. No, they are. In. They totally are. They weren't. Because they were they, they weren't at capacity when we went there. No, I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about when Food and Wine first started. Mm-hmm. World Showcase, the actual booths that were in World Showcase were amazing. Everything that was in the World Showplace Plaza, they didn't have enough cast. Nobody was painting them. There was one person in a register and like 26 guests crowding around asking for art. And I just think that was a poor way of portraying how well they were actually doing in the rest of the world showcase. Right. No, no, I get that. But what I'm saying is like they have, they're regulating how many people are in that space in the bin, the building itself. There is, there's a person. I'm not talking about the building. No, I know. You're talking about the people that are in there. No. At the booth. I'm not talking about that building. Before you get to the show place plaza, mm-hmm. the future world showcase bridge plaza, the actual, like that open the promenade? The promenade. There you go. I don't think that's what it's called. But it yes, is. right there. Not so, the not the enclosed area. Yeah, the promenade. The part that goes around the lake, the, the central corridor that goes from what was the Fountain of Nations to the World Showcase Lagoon. Yes. yes. Their little tents seemed way overcrowded. The Showplace Plaza did a great Yes, those, the, yes, the, yeah, yeah, I agree. I agree. But initially going... And seeing that as you first walk into that is a, area. Yeah, as a deterrent to want to go anywhere else. Exactly, because the World Showplace has been doing such an excellent job. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I agree. So within the Festival of Arts, there is definitely two specific things that were our favorites when it comes to uh, desserts and food that is specifically for the Festival of Arts. 
Because the only one was desserts. Well, everything is a dessert for me if it tastes really good. Okay, fair. I like that. I like that a lot. Okay, so my first favorite thing. Okay, first off, blanket statement. Everything that I have tried mm-hmm. at the Tuesday Festival of the Arts has been amazing. I feel like Disney has worked its way up to this festival to be like, bam, look what we can do. Look how artsy it is. And I was like, okay. Okay, Disney, I see what you're doing. Mm-hmm. I feel you. So, my favorites from Festival of the Arts is the Beat Tartar. That is the festival favorite in the World Showcase Promenade Plaza, whatever it's called. And if you eat this and your water in your toilet is uh, kind of red afterwards, maybe a day or two after, it's not blood. It's the beets. Okay, so, and by beet, I'm saying beet the root vegetable, not meat. That makes your poop turn as red. As in beef. Beet tartar. I I got the both beef and beet tartar, which they separated by calling one a beet tartar and the other one a <laughs> sirloin. That's gonna be Disney's next festival. The fe- fe- the fe- next food wine will be called <laughs> the, the fe- beef the beef the and beets festival. <laughs> like eat to the beet. <laughs> yeah, the beef beef to the beets. <clears throat> Anyway, so this from Shrewd beet <laughs> tartar was amazing. was incredible. And the last two festivals were awesome, too, because it was just something we weren't expecting Disney to do during a pandemic, and it was awesome. But this one, my favorite, was the beet tartar, and it was served in the World Showcase Plaza, something or other, at Festival Favorites, and it's, oh my god, it's so good. So if you're like, I don't really like beets, it's totally different because it's roasted beets, so it's got a sweetness, it's got a, it, it's just, it's got layers that you didn't even know existed, and it's so delicious. Order it, eat it, it's amazing. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, one of my favorite salads I've ever had was a uh, mixed roasted beet salad that had mixed greens had yellow and red beets Mm -hmm. or purple beets i guess whatever they are and it had uh, pecans that were uh, roasted like the uh, honey roasted Mm -hmm. you know pecans Mm -hmm. and like some kind of vinaigrette dressing oh my god it was so good arugula was at la cellier in epcot as well that was also phenomenal but yeah beets disney they just know what they're doing with beets it was delicious (laughs) that kind of beat exactly and what else babe did i say there were three you said there were two, and we're sticking to two. Okay. I have my favorite, though. So there'd be the three. other one was the passion fruit mousse that they had at Vivaldi. I'm not exactly sure what it's called, but it's the cart that's between France and Morocco. But it is a passion fruit tart, and there is a tiny tart crust. There is a tiny tart crust. There is a raspberry jam in it. There is a passion fruit mousse. And then there is this amazing passion fruit gelée that is drizzled all over the top of it with a really cute Mardi Gras mask on it. One, it's insanely stunning to look at. Yeah, it was. I had half of it. And it was gorgeous just yeah. when she brought me it. I, I made sure it was still beautiful when he had it. But it t- like I had a really hard time saving half of it for Jason to eat. And I'm not usually a sweets person. Oh no, I have another one. Sorry, there's a third one. So there is this blood orange lemon tart that is also at the festival favorites where, oh no, oh no, no, no. My beet tartar was at the other one. 
at festival favorites i got ratatouille that was phenomenal because it was like the way remy presents it in the movie ratatouille and it was like a dream come true to eat it so good and the blood orange lemon tart was also at the festival favorites and that was probably the best disney dessert that i've ever had in my entire life the Mm. textures worked well together the flavors worked well together it was magical so good. I didn't have any of it, but if you want more information on the uh, what's going on there at the Festival of Arts and all the fun food stuff, go check out Julie's podcast, One Little Spice, with her co-host, her best friend, Amy, and they cover all the happenings going on at the Festival of Arts. And then... Episode 59. Episode 59. <laughs> ah, she's so, 61, but it took so a while. I have, I, I have a favorite. Wait. At Festival of Arts. At Festival of the Arts? Yep. That's different than mine? Yep. My favorite food we had that night? I'm ready. That oh. fucking meatball in China. Ah, <sighs> that was so good. And what was the base mash? It was... Okay, so if you've ever had pork gyozo, the base was like a pork gyozo outside of the pastry shell. And uh, I don't and think it was anybody on knows Yuka. what the hell you're it talking on, about. It was on a yuca mash. Oh, have you ever had a pork dumpling? It was the filling of a pork dumpling without the ravioli exterior. See. And a gigantic like the size like it was like a like a smaller baseball If you've size. seen my Facebook, it was like the or Instagram for one little spice. It was the size of my hand. Yeah, it was pretty Amazing. It was it was we split it and it was really filling. Yeah, and it had uh mashed yuca. Yeah, which is like a root kind which of Which is kind of like a tuber. potato but a little bit rootier, yeah, more a, like it was kind of like a carrot slash potato flavor. All right, it's a tuber. Super yummy. <laughs> It's not a tuba. <laughs> <sighs> but yeah, I'm so back. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so honestly, honestly, everything I tried at this festival yeah, it was amazing. Was so delicious. There was nothing. Okay, nope. There was one thing. The black truffle croissant in France. Oh, yeah, yeah. Skip it. Yeah. It's, so it's not good. My, my it looks pretty. It's no. Don't do it. My second by runner- the brie. Buy the dessert. Don't get the black truffle croissant. My don't do it. My fun, my fun food there though, the creative food, was definitely the Zen Garden in oh, Japan. Oh, the Zen Garden was so fun, but that was in Japan, not France. Yeah. Okay, so here's the deal with that one. Everybody's turned off because it's like red bean paste, but the red bean paste that the Japanese people use it's is sweet. actually a sweetened That is so paste. good with the mousse. And it's used in dessert and oh. it's mixed into the mousse so it makes the mousse sweet but not overly sweet and it's just oh, the combination of flavors were so makes my balls tingle. So it's just delicious. And the Zen garden is do-it-yourself so you get to feel the Zen as you're yeah. building and you, and, and we built ours just on the very edge of the Zen garden that they have out in front of Japan. Yes, really now, trippy. what we will—I will say though—I recommend is that if you get this, get it during the daytime because we had to use our f- lights from our phones. Also, get the uh, the lamb well, we in Morocco. We got the sushi donut there too. That was pretty we good. We did, but get the lamb in Morocco. And I know. Okay, so if you have listened to one, we little said there spice, was two, and the you know that's. <laughs> so if you have listened to one little spice, you know that Amy and I are obsessed with the lamb chop that used to be in. New Zealand before they changed it to some pomegranate craziness. Okay, so here's the deal. Morocco does a pomegranate glaze, but they do this amazing spicy crust on the lamb. 
harissa spice it's amazing and it just works with the pomegranate jam way better than the one in new zealand because let's all face it the one in new zealand was way better when it was the mint pesto with the potato chips oh, i can't believe they changed it but i found another lamb chop that was uh to the caliper of the original lamb chop hey look at that at the new zealand booth oh my gosh it was so insanely delicious. Well, I think we should uh, leave Epcot and go about two miles down the street to that little place called Disney Springs. I don't know if it's two miles down the street, but let's talk about Amaretz. Yeah. So Inside Disney Springs. WandaVision came out three or four weeks ago. No, dude. It's been like six. Episode six comes out tomorrow in two days. And two were released on the first day. Okay. So five weeks ago, Disney released WandaVision. Yep. And Amaretz had this WandaVision cake that was amazing, and it was like a little television screen, and it had an image from the first episode. Super cute vintage TV. So I go there, and they're all sold out. And I'm like, okay, I'm going to get one next week or the week after. So it wasn't next week, but it was the week after, and I go there, and it's a different image on the TV. I ate it. Which is super cool because it's an image from one of the newer episodes. So every week it updates the image on this television so you get a preview of what that Friday's episode is going to be. It's genius. It's brilliant. And it's like uh, printing on sugar paper. It's so easy to do. Why not? Right? So Disney takes advantage of this. Yeah. And it's amazing. Right? So, so I would say no. as a pun that or something that that's just the icing on the cake. <laughs> yeah. So... Sometimes I'm like, okay, that looks really pretty, but how does it taste? Like Baby Yoda. And that was still really good. It was good. I wasn't prepared was to like it as much as it was. I was expecting key lime. But this one, okay, I wasn't really sure. I was like, okay, white chocolate mousse, white chocolate cake, a.k.a. vanilla cake. And I don't know how I'm going to like this. And then I was fighting Jason over his half because I finished mine so fast. It was Oh, it's it was delicious. So, it's it like two cakes sweet, in one. It's so good. But not good. too sweet. And it was just the right amount of sweet to not really savory, but like creamy. So there was the white chocolate mousse and there was the chocolate mousse and there was the dark chocolate cake. It kind of balanced itself out and there was as a palate the, cleanser. The vanilla cake and yeah, it was a lot going even on. the fondant. Even the fondant, yeah, the fondant which fondant I'm like, too sweet. I even enjoyed <clears> the fondant <throat> melding into the taste of the cake. Emirates knows what they're doing mm -hmm. it was amazing yeah you can check out our instagram uh like probably two weeks ago we posted it which is probably like three posts back <laughs> i don't even know if i actually posted it on our oh god but you can find it. it on one little spice god dang it julie what the hell you gotta keep one other on thing it. that i finally got to try was watermelon dole whip at disney springs because they watermelon dole whip baby because they have a new mini float at the mini as a smaller mini as a mini mouse mini mouse at the marketplace co-op, something or other. It's right across the street from the co-op. It's the marketplace, something yeah, or other. They had the Dole Whip nachos. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So fun. And gotta, I've always wanted to try mm -hmm. watermelon Dole Whip, and it was everything that my little heart expected and more. Now, did you want to try this because it was something that you came up with in your brain or you had heard about no. it? No. So on Amazon, they sell different packets of the different flavors of the Dole Whip. The vegan mix? That you can make on your own. Mm -hmm. It just it's sold from the Dole Plantation in Hawaii. 
and they have mango and they have raspberry and they have pineapple and they have coconut and one of the ones that I saw was watermelon but Disney always does raspberry so I've always been like watermelon. and they finally did and then I got to eat the watermelon dollop and it was so delicious it was everything I expected and more and yes I just said watermelon like a demon <laughs> that happened I may have pooped my pants a little bit. <laughs> Honey, are you okay? But yeah. Was there another Forky Poos that I was going to talk about? Uh, no, honey, I don't think that was it. Just two things. Because if we continue talking about all these delicious things that Disney offers, we will have to make this a two-part episode. So I think we should say bye-bye. So long, farewell, us and good night. Good since, night. Since that'll be on Disney Plus as of February 12th. Yes. I think. I don't know. What am I thinking of? What is happening on February 12th? I don't know. February 12th, I think, might be... Something is going to Disney Ray Plus. and the Last Dragon? No. That's, some, that's no. something way more important than that. No, dude. That's nothing more important than that. Oh, shut your mouth. Because There's... then... I it doesn't that's not it because I because I wouldn't be excited about that and well, it's something that I remember. Soldier comes out soon after that. We never did talk about our thoughts about the ending of the Mandalorian oh! or <laughs> hold on no WandaVision. Cinderella the brandy version of Cinderella oh the goes to Disney version, Plus on February twelfth and I'm so excited it's so good it's like the theater the, the theatrical version it's a of blind it. cast. It's a blind cast. No. The same way that it's Hamilton was done. But before Hamilton. Can we just talk about how there's no way that Hamilton was done blind because there is one white cast member. It was done very deliberately. And good for it because that's how it needed to be done. Man, but it's a blind cast. Th- there's no way that this one was done blind cast either. Just nobody gave a shit about it. But the Brandy Broadway version of Roger and Hammerstein's Cinderella is going to be on Disney Plus starting the 12th. And I'm so excited. I'm going to watch it over and over and over. Is that where Cinderella tries to fit her foot in the shoe and it like cracks and like cuts her feet off? And like where she has better songs. The Wicked Stepsisters actually cut their toes off so they would fit into the the shoes? Not not quite. No. That's that's the Grim Fairy Tales version. I I didn't say that. I said it's the Broadway version. The Hammerstein and and Dingle Dongs? No. Okay. So before we get out of here, I think we should just quickly... Give our thoughts on the ending of season two of The Mandalorian. I told you. Man, you didn't tell me shit. Okay, first off, it, like I was like hitting him, and I was like, oh my god, oh my god, that's Luke. And he was like, meh. And I was like, okay, let's watch. I said that because I didn't want to believe it, because mm-hmm. right, and I wanted like, to be completely again. shocked. And then he was like, meh, a third time. And then finally, his freaking lightsaber shows up, and he looks at me, and he's like, <gasps> and I was like, I fucking knew it. That's when I was able to give into it. I knew it before. Oh. I didn't want to have my my hopes given up. I knew it before. I saw that. you like shoved your fucking microphone up your nose. Oh my god, that hurt so much. <laughs> I knew it first. Well, that being said, I'm so stoked that they are going this way. Uh, for one, I was excited to see Luke actually get his big scene in a film that hit the point in time where he was like at the peak of his Jedi skills. Like he like he got the same same kind of uh, he fucking choke holded. He fucking choke held. A death trooper, yeah. and smushed him. And it's the same. If that ain't the peak. It was like it was like Luke's love letter. The same way the ending of Rogue One was when Vader got his. 
I got to see Vader just be a complete badass and just destroy everybody in that space. I think they were like, hmm. so episode three came out and we made Vader look like a super pussy when he was like, no. And uh, so they had to like redeem his badass qualities in uh, Rogue One. Yeah, maybe. But if anything, I think what they're doing is they're trying to get this uh, train back on the tracks with the, as far as the story goes. So, yeah, we were pretty excited about it. I'm really interested to see uh, the Book of Boba Fett. What the happens. The Book of Boba Fett. The Book of Boba Fett. <laughs> the Book of Boba Fett. That was a cool uh, surprise ending, as we know that with the Marvel films, there was always like, you got to wait till the end of the credits. Also, there's a spoiler right now, so if you haven't watched the last episode of The Man. Mandalorian, don't, don't listen to the rest of this episode. Yeah. Also, for shame. Pause. Watch now. Resume episode. There you go. And then WandaVision. Uh, we're not going to do any spoilers, but opinions-wise, uh, having currently done a lot of research on the House of M series that is influencing the storyline, things that I've shared with Julie that she wasn't really aware of. And as someone who has only heard like through the grapevine all of these House of M theories, I feel like my brain is kind of more open to even more theories mm-hmm. that are happening. And I feel like my theories are kind of coming together. And it's interesting because my sister has been watching it with her husband, my brother-in-law, and he's a super Marvel nerd. And she is like, eh, but hasn't really been paying attention as much. And so they went back and they watched Age of Ultron before the third or fourth episode so she would have an idea of who her brother was and kind of like the backstory of wanda but then you get this other view and i was like hey did you watch uh, x-men and then the sequel to the x-men series like that trilogy and she was like no and i was like oh my god go watch them now and then watch that episode again and you tell me your mind isn't fucking blown Mm -hmm. so it's really cool that one this is probably how they're going to introduce the X-Men to the Marvel universe. It just, it makes sense. I think it's not just the X-Men. It's just the mutants in general. But I think it's also cool. Exactly. But I think it's also cool that they're introducing people to these older series that may not have been interested back then, Mm -hmm. but there's still so much storyline that they're missing that now they're finally excited to watch. Yeah, and, and one thing I will say is if you're new to WandaVision, don't know anything about her, do a little... I would look on YouTube. There's a couple... I'll put a link in our show notes for the, one of the things. It's about a 15-minute synopsis of the House of M, kind of catch you up on things. And it doesn't spoil this because it's right. just like a synopsis of the what the yeah. comic series yeah. was. Um, also, when you're watching the first two episodes, three episodes, it's like super... Yeah, the first two, right? Unless you've watched it's, sitcoms of It can be like, what the fuck's the going years? on? Because we were both, even though I knew the background, they were still like, oh, this is kind of interesting. I wonder where it's going to be going. And um, Yeah, and we weren't episode, 100% sure, but it was still entertaining because we'd seen those right. shows in their prime. And episode and, three will catch you up. Yeah, but to the younger generation who maybe hasn't had a chance to see sitcoms of the 60s, mm-hmm. the 70s, the 50s, and things like that, may seem a little dry. Stick with it. I promise you'll love it. Yeah. It gets better. Yeah. And not... Yeah better more modern <laughs> exactly so uh, i was trying not to give away any spoilers i know all right so i think that's about it for this uh this session of fei disney episode the forky foods that transitioned into marvel talk well, we had to finish it out somehow food marvel
Yep. I think Forky was an Avenger at one point in time. Duh. Just like there's theories that uh, Yoda is uh, in the Star Wars universe and he might be actually be a Jedi because he can fly and he can use his finger oh, to Hold on, he's a Jedi in the Marvel universe? I mean, in the Star, in Star Wars universe? He has healing powers. You just said that... Yeah. You just said that Yoda is a Jedi in the, uh, in e. the, in the Star Wars series. E.T. <laughs> I saw a thing on TikTok about it. They were connecting things. Remember that thing that you showed me this morning uh-huh. that was like Simba and I, I debunked it in yep. five seconds of research? But one thing that's fun with this one is that in E.T., uh, E.T.'s tr- trick-or-treating for Halloween and a kid walks by in a Yoda costume and E.T. T- tries to break away from Elliot to go talk to baby the Yoda that he sees in the costume. Not baby, just regular no, Yoda. Just regular Yoda. Yeah, it's kind of, it's interesting. E.T. Phone home. <laughs> what she said. All right, so that's going to do it for this episode of FBI Disney. Thank you so much for tuning in. If you can do us a favor and go there to follow our Instagram, you can find us on Instagram at FBI Disney. You can find Julie on YouTube F-E-I bumping underscore. her face on her microphone screen. <laughs> FBI underscore Disney. You can go follow us on Instagram at FBI underscore Disney, as well as same on Twitter. You can go find... As well as same on Twitter. Exactly. You can also find us on all the podcast apps out there in the world of podcasts. And if you listen to us on Apple Podcasts, if you could please, please, please leave us a star review as well as a written review because it helps us get more views and seen out there in the algorithms that is the Apple Podcast world. And share us if you're on social media and you like any episodes that are our favorite. You can also find us on Facebook, which we really don't ever go on. We do share our Instagram posts to Facebook. So if you follow us on Facebook, just look for FEI Disney. And you can contact us on all the social media platforms or just send us a fun email. We love getting emails about once a month. And that email address is F-Y-D-S-N-Y at gmail.com. That it is. Thanks again so much for tuning in. Until next time, as the great Walt Disney once said, if you believe in a thing, believe in it all the way. Certificate.